0: Honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion hosted on the sportstuff.com. And now your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans, Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Peraldino Joey, or Joey Awijan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on the Sportsstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. A great pleasure, a wonderful pleasure to be back on board with you today, as this is the granddaddy of them all, the annual State of the Timberwolves, the 2017 edition in this case. And yes, uh, please do forgive the uh, fan in the background, as once again it is. Fairly warm. It's not that warm yet, but it's getting there. It's it's getting there. So don't want to be uh, falling over, ha- having a pass out here while I do the show. But uh, we'll start this thing off with the Timberwolves season wrap up. Of course, your MVP, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, biggest surprise, uh, biggest surprise last, preferably. But you get the idea. Segment number two: draft review, free agency. Check in. We're going to look at free agents. What, where the wolves might be going. If anybody can ever figure out what Tom Thibodeau and Scott Layden are doing, their names just might be mentioned in one of the the uh, three categories. And segment number three, we'll hear from you. How you feel about the season? The biggest MVP, all that. Uh, we're going to look at the highlights and lowlights over the course of the season right here in segment number one. Um, we will not be talking about the NBA Finals on this episode. I may or may not do a. Uh, <laughs> a uh, short episode about the NBA Finals, or may already have, depending on how things go. You get the idea. As I'm kind of bouncing around, piecing things together, read between the lines with how I'm wording that. Just state of the Timberwolves. You don't want to do it all in one quick sitting. The quality's higher when you kind of space things out a bit sometimes. So here we are. State of the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves finished 31-51. and 51. On the season, yeah, it could have been, would have, could have, should have been a lot better. Again, there'll be highlights along the course of the uh, the way here. Highlights and lowlights. Carl Anthony Towns, statistically on paper, fantastic. And, you know, he was he was <laughs> aesthetically presentable as well out there for the most part. At least on the offensive side. Strange how things continue to happen here where you get Andrew Wiggins a couple of years ago. And he's supposed to be this defensive specialist, this Phenomenal defender. You know, I talked about this in the last episode too. Kind of like you saw Kawhi Leonard at one point, 18 to 22 points and then elite defense. That's what you thought Wiggins would be in his prime. Maybe about 22, 20 or so. Now he looks like he might be a 25 and up type of guy with defense that's, I don't know. And now you already have Carl Anthony Towns averaging 25.1 points a game, which is about as high as any Timberwolves has ever done. In fact, pretty much it is. In fact, he was the highest scorer in the history of Timberwolves uh, for one single season anyway twenty five point one a game, eleven point three or excuse me, twelve point three rebounds a game, just an outstanding season offensively. And yes, the rebounds are well defensive and offensive you could say. Overall wonderful season for Carl Anthony Towns. Ricky Rubio emerged nicely after a pretty yucky start to the season. In fact a lot of us couldn't wait to get him out of here. And then and then when the trade rumors started floating around, you know, and it's like for the ninety nine trillionth time trade rumors floating around with Ricky Rubio. I mean you know the trade rumors started from his camp before he even got to Minnesota, like two years before he got to Minnesota. So, I don't know. It's kind of like a sewage a Reap, I guess, when it comes to that. But nice to see Rubio emerge into the guy that a lot of us thought he could be in that draft when some of us thought he would go number two overall to uh, the Memphis Grizzlies that year. Instead, they went with the beat, the beat of a different drum. That's uh, the beat who did absolutely nothing. Uh, 2009 filled with good news, bad news for this team and that team. Um... (laughs) yeah well uh, at least Rubio is looking like a pretty nice point guard right now some of you are calling him the point guard of the present and then the point guard of the future I'll go with point guard of the present point guard of the future I don't know Um, I doubt it but maybe Uh, he's doing well he had a nice solid season can you trust him though it seems like every time he's doing well some type of freak injury happens and I know that's not his fault it's not it's just the way it is though Uh, So, let's kind of jump around here into the start of the season. As things started out, well, the Wolves looked so bleeping good against Memphis way back at the end of October there. Memphis, uh, Memphis, Tennessee in Sacramento. Carl Anthony Towns, the Wolves looked unbelievable. And then... Memphis started beating up on Carl, and they kind of took over the game, 102-98. Same thing happened in Sacramento. DeMarcus Cousins, it's like he took it personal or something, beat the hell out of Carl Anthony Towns, and you saw that deer-in-the-headlights look from Carl, and it was kind of sad to see him get beat up. And again, defensively, Carl Anthony Towns just started seeing early what, the, what kind of season it would be. As great as he is, he needs to improve defensively. The world we'll start 0-2 in the month of October. Um, and then the Wolves crush Memphis. Old Fizzywig did a... Uh, old Fizzywig to start out the month of November there did a pop of it. She sat down basically everybody. And the Wolves win one sixteen eighty. So, yeah, we beat Memphis, but we didn't beat Memphis. We beat their bench and, and beyond. Denver Nuggets, similar situation as the first two games of the season, one hundred I'm not going to go over every game. I shouldn't do that. But then you look at the extreme low light, though, along the way. The Wolves lose at Brooklyn, 119-110. Just frustrating November the 8th. A harbinger for things to come during the season then they come back with a nice win over Orlando 123 107 that was a lot of fun huge night for Andrew Wiggins and the Wolves crushed Philadelphia at home they beat uh, the Lakers 125 99 that was fun 26-point victory in target center on the 13th of November and other than that really it was kind of like other than that mrs. Lincoln how was the play you kind of got crushed by New Orleans you uh, lost to Boston you were winning that game and you couldn't finish the job you beat you got beat by Golden State and Oracle. The Wolves were competitive but they kind of then just things kind of went away. Memphis keeps the Wolves down to 71 on the 19th of November. 71 points against the Memphis Grizzlies. Man alive, that was lousy uh, as we jump into December. Wolves get beat by the by the New York Knicks. Some of the worst defense you ever saw. It was like a layup line. But then the Wolves kind of respond well after a loss. They beat the Charlotte Hornets. We, we they, whatever you want to say. You know, obviously they're us. They're our team. But, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's more formal to say they, I suppose. But Minnesota Timberwolves beat the Charlotte Hornets in in Charlotte, North Carolina. That never happens. The Wolves never win in Charlotte, North Carolina. So that was a pretty fun little game. 125-120. Nice win after a horrible uh, loss in New York. But still, you give up 120 points, though, so that kind of does not go unnoticed. After that, there's a pretty good losing streak. The Wolves can't kind of beat Golden State, another one, where the Wolves are looking good and kind of let go. And then there was kind of a, a change. As Carl Anthony Towns, during the course of this time, in a lot of these losses particularly, but even in the wins, Carl started going ape bleep from the three-point line, and it was getting stupid. And it was like, would you stop it? You don't need to shoot nine three-pointers a game. Carl! Stop it! Stop it! And that's exactly what I was saying uh, in the Chicago game. Uh, <laughs> the Chicago game on de- <laughs> December the 13th. Lord, have are, are you kidding me, Carl? Would you, what the hell was this? I mean, and the Bulls were just torching the Wolves beyond human recognition. I mean, we're talking... I mean, were they wearing black jerseys, or were they burned that bad? I mean, it was just ridiculous. 38-22 to 22 in the first quarter, it was like 20-0 practically. It was pretty much about that bad to open things down. I don't remember the exact runs here and there, but as Gray out there on Flip's Army would say, this is a game of runs, baby, and he was saying that in the <laughs> in the game thread on Flip's Army. Thank you, Kevin Trevor, Trevor Wickerin, always kind enough to allow me to post... Uh, Links to Timberwolves Explosion on his page. Thank you again. God bless. So quick shout out to Flip's Army right here on Timberwolves Explosion. Yep, right here on Timberwolves Explosion. I need to talk slower. Sorry, I'm probably driving you crazy out there. But uh, Game of Runs. I mean, I was cursing. I was going ape bleep. I was writing stuff. Maybe I shouldn't write on the page. I was just so frustrated. And Carl needed to cut it out. One of eight from three point range. Just stop with the three point shooting. And then after this game, things started to change. The Wolves defense got better during the course of this game, and they hold the Bulls to a hell of a lot less. (laughs) After that, in fact, it was 18 points in the second quarter, 19 in the third, 19 in the fourth, 34 points in the second half after giving up 38 in the first quarter. I mean, that's pretty cool. And that was definitely a turn of events for the Minnesota Timberwolves. At least a little bit. We started playing a hell of a lot better. Uh, At least you saw Carl Anthony Towns not take stupid shots. Uh, The Wolves take the momentum against the Houston Rockets at Target Center. A pretty dramatic back and forth game. Beating up on the Rockets. So the Rockets kept kind of climbing slowly back in it. But again, a big confidence booster beating the Bulls. The Wolves could not hold on against the Rockets. So we're playing fantastic. And they lose 111-109. And then you get two wins in a row. You actually win in Atlanta, if you can believe it. The Wolves beat Phoenix pretty handily in target center. The Wolves actually sweep the Atlanta Hawks this year, which is insane. But for some bleeping, gosh darn reason, cannot beat Sacramento or Denver, like, ever. Of course, OKC kind of romped on the Wolves most of the year, except later on, the Wolves crush Milwaukee to end the season. Uh, the, excuse me, end the <laughs> the year of 2016, 116.99. Fun little game on December the 30th. I'm trying to kind of keep bouncing back and forth. Uh, I don't want to go on over everything, but again, January started off horrible. Four-game losing streak. Then you get a three-game winning streak. The Wolves actually beat OKC in in that run. We actually beat the Houston Rockets, and we beat the Dallas Mavericks, which isn't the biggest surprise, but... And then you come back, you go into Dallas, kind of a crappy game. Spurs, you get crushed, this and that. Kind of a back-and-forth month of January, but it could have been a lot worse. Uh, January has been kind to the Wolves. Uh, historically, way back in the Flip Saunders era, God rest his soul, as you had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 wins in January. Nice, solid month of January. Things were hopeful, everyone was excited, and then, well, things just kind of took a huge turn in February, kind of like with the Minnesota Wild as well. If you're a Minnesota fan, you're awfully depressed. Um, there were some wins in this month. Now you beat uh, you beat Toronto. You finally beat Denver in one of them. You crushed Chicago in Target Center. So Wolves looking good against the Bulls. You finally beat the freaking Sacramento Kings also to wrap up the month of February. And then you had that abomination on on the 25th of of Jan, uh, one forty two, one thirty. Just an abomination. I'm surprised the Wolves got one thirty in that game. The worst defense you ever saw because that was uh, regular. Yeah, that was all regulation. Yeah. That was horse crap. Uh, the Wolves cannot beat the New Orleans Hornets ever. Hornets. The New Orleans Pelicans. Pardon me. That was an old old one there. A little slip of the tongue. The Wolves cannot beat the New Orleans Pelicans. They just can't do it. It was terrible. Uh, of course, the New Year's Day massacre wasn't good either. 125-97. Cleveland crushed the Wolves in that one as well. The Wolves could not beat Memphis either when they actually had their roster. Uh, surprising win versus Utah, but Valuable players were out in that one. Wolves actually beat Golden State, one of the biggest highlights of the year. In fact, you could call it the best the best win of the year considering Golden State's been them released regular season wise, the best team in the NBA the past few seasons. So nice little win in Target Center. No miracle at Oracle this year, unfortunately. Another major low light when Mr. Frickin' <laughs> God it drove me absolutely insane on the road. 130, 119, some of the biggest BS you ever saw on March the 24th, again we are in the month of uh, March now. Uh, just an absolute abomination. Freaking Jordan Clarkson, 8 of 10 from three-point range. The Wolves give up 130 on the road. No perimeter defense whatsoever, and that was kind of a theme, an ongoing back-and-forth theme throughout the course of the season. You wrap up the month of March with a couple of wins against Indy in Indiana. That's pretty nice, a one-point victory. And you beat the Lakers pretty damn handily six days after that Abomination in Staples Center. Just, what the hell was that? Uh, Some awful defense against the Heat a week before on the 17th. Happy St. Paddy's Day, but the Wolves were not happy that day. That's for damn sure. I don't know what was going on with that. Um, But, March was adequate. You know, you had some wins here and there. You had, what, three, four, six wins, seven wins in March. That's actually not bad. So you saw back and forth efforts. You saw some horrible games. You saw some good ones. April sucked... Big time, it's like they were all on vacation. I mean, they took their vacation time early in this one. The only win the Wolves could muster in the month of April was a one-point victory over the Portland Trailblazers. One-point victory in Target Center. Of course, you get beat again that week by Portland and everyone else. Sacramento, Utah, Lakers at LA, a one-point loss. Another super frustration. The Wolves split with the Lakers this year. Come on, man. (laughs) Come on, man. Houston Rockets and OKC losses as well. No Westbrook, and you still lose to the OKC Thunder. Wow. Really? And then you lose to James Harden. Wahoo. To wrap up the season on April the 12th. So that's pretty much the season wrap-up in terms of games, highlights, lowlights, this and that. Kind of get a comb over over the course of the season. And what was the theme of this year? Well, there was zero consistency throughout the whole season. Zero consistency in terms of defense. I mean, when the Wolves actually play defense, they're pretty damn good. And... You know, you might not see the exciting scores. And it's fun when the Wolves win, let's say, 120 to 110. Those are some fun games. But you've got to mix in some 97 to 90 type wins. You know what I'm saying? Some 95 to 85 type wins. Wouldn't that be nice? Just shut, shut people down big time. You know, like the Troy Hudson song, even though he couldn't shut his grandmother down. He, he really couldn't. So pretty ironic that Troy Hudson would have a song saying, shut, 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 shut him down, when he couldn't shut down his grandmother. He couldn't shut down anybody. He couldn't shut down AC Earl, man. AC Earl, you know the yeah, <laughs> the guy who couldn't even hang on to a ball or our freaking uh, Marlon Maxey. That was the Wolves' version of AC Earl. We had a lot of AC Earls over the course of time, especially during those those early nineties. You know, great era, the early nineties, but uh, not a great era for the Timberwolves. So, you get the point. Um, the theme of this season: up and down. You know, and, and it's just, you know, Tom Thibodeau, you know, is he the right coach for this team? I, I hope so. I mean, part of me kind of wishes Jeff Van Gundy was the president and coach right now, but I don't know. I mean, obviously, you got to give him a chance. you got to sit and believe believe in the process, like uh, Hank McCoy would say time and time again over the course of the season. Hank McCoy, the host of the Courtside Podcast. We'll talk about that more in the third segment because we'll definitely be hearing from those guys um, <laughs> but, uh, that was kind of the theme here. Um, Jeff Van Gundy also, he just said, if these, you know, on Dan Barrero very recently here, even said they have, uh, Wiggins and Towns have to become two-way players in order to be great. And the Timberwolves will be great when they do that. And that's the key. And I know, I'm sure Tom Thibodeau would say the same thing if he was on the air, basically, and maybe Jeff Van Gundy was the uh, president of basketball operations, and things went similarly. So, talk is talk, and all that, but at the same time, at the same time, it needs to happen, and Tom Thibodeau is known for defense. In fact, he was known as an elite defensive coach over the course of many, many years, the Houston Rockets, Boston Celtics, he was even with the Timberwolves way back at the beginning. Where you look kind of like, I don't know, like a Dino Cicerelli type or something like that. Way back in, uh, like, way back in 89. Looked like a Dino Cicerelli with a Wolves, uh, uh, warm-up jacket on. But, <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. Um, Dino Cicerelli, of course, former North Star. Um, man. Mm. Mmm. Should the Wolves have won more games this year? Yes. Should we have expected 50 wins this year? No. But I think the Wolves should have at least been in playoff contention this season. And you saw inconsistency time and time again. You saw what this team could be on multiple occasions, defensively, offensively, uh, high IQ, but also, of course, the God-given talent, God-given skill of Carl Anthony Towns, of Andrew Wiggins, of Zach Levine, of course, Zach getting injured in Detroit earlier this season. Um, I apologize, I didn't mention it right at the time, but of course, that was one of the low lights of the season. That was on February the 3rd. Zach Levine injured in that one. The Wolves lose by 8 in Detroit. Zach Levine went down awkwardly. As of course, I was combing over the season, so I didn't pinpoint exactly when Mr. Levine got injured, but that was the game, and uh, we all remember it pretty well. He was playing well in that game, and he, he went through some struggles during the course of the season as well. He went through hip injuries during the course of the season. Um, it's like he, he was hurt. You knew he was hurt. And he was struggling, and he was missing shots that he normally would make. He was taking poor shot attempts as well. And then you just, you know, you just were kind of left at a a loss. Like, he's hurt. Just sit him down. It's nothing personal. Just sit him down. Let him heal for a week or so. There's nothing wrong with that. And Thibodeau never did it. And Levine, I I don't know. uh, Levine didn't have any type of inkling like, I need to sit down and I know we all get competitive and we all want to play and, and all that when we play play basketball or play to basketball depending on our age and how the course of life changes you know you get busy and you don't have time anymore unfortunately um, but no I mean the awkward landing you, you knew something was up then you saw him playing again and you're like wow he dodged a bullet and then off he goes you think okay maybe it's just a little sprain maybe it's an MCL sprain or missed two to four weeks and of course it was the ACL and that was all she wrote So you go from, like, a nagging hip injury that was really bringing down the guy's shot percentage to an ACL, and it's all over. Next thing you see Brandon Rush, and we all wanted Brandon Rush. Maybe this idea of Brandon Rush could start physical, defensively, maybe he can have a spot-up three here and there. Ah, whatever. But then when he's, like, a full-time starter, and this is what you get, the same, pretty much the same statistics you would have got if Brandon Rush got, like, 10, 15 minutes. So woohoo, I mean that just kind of is what he is at this stage, Brandon Rush also again an ACL uh, victim over the course of his career, so he, he was helpful along the way for young Zach Levine but unfortunately well, unfortunately the deed's done and Zach Levine was out for the season um, again one of the major lowlights of the season, that's without a doubt Really sad, and hopefully Zach again. I mean, he's the type of guy. He's he's a gym rat, and he's determined, and he's young, and all that. You just hope there isn't lasting effects. Some guys there is, some guys there aren't. Uh, You don't really feel any lasting effects with uh, Blake Griffin. Remember, he tore his ACL really, really early. You know, landing awkwardly after an emphatic uh, dunk, or going up for a layup, or whatever. In in this case, he was going up for a layup for Zach Levine. Um, Just didn't, you know. an awkward landing, and, and that's all she wrote. I mean, you can hyperextend this and that. Awkward, uh, uh, just kind of a herky-jerky movement. The lower part of your leg moves, the upper part doesn't. That type of thing, you know? Or the upper part moves and the lower part doesn't. And it's just, you know, common sense tells you something in, is not right in the middle when that happens. And Yeah, okay, you get the idea. Um, over the course of the season, you also saw Shabazz Muhammad do his usual thing where... He's playing for a brand new coach again, and him and the coach, well, they're off to a good start in terms of, you know, Shabazz wants to be a good team player, this and that, but then he doesn't get any minutes, and then he struggles when he's out there, and it seems like he's just desperately trying to impress the coach when he is out there, so he makes mistakes, and then over the course of the season, he got better and better and better. You saw Tyus Jones, when he got an opportunity, particularly with Zach Levine out, get better and better and better. And it was nice to see Tyus Jones get extended minutes. So in there were, you could turn a negative into a positive in terms of you saw much more of Tyus Jones and proof this guy is, without a doubt, an NBA player. You saw extended play from him. Chris Dunn would get would have good games. He'd have ugly games. You'd see frustration out of him. Uh, you'd see Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns literally take the reins offensively for this team. And that was the fun part with Zach being out. You saw how good these two guys could be if, say, Zach Levine got frustrated with his role with this club and he wanted to go to Oklahoma City to go play with Russell Westbrook or he wanted to go to L.A., which maybe won't be something we'll have to worry about anytime soon, or the Portland Trail Blazers to play very close to home, as he's a Seattle native. Uh, But, you know, it's like you always say, if anybody is the most likely to get kind of frustrated with the situation and and move on. It's probably Zach Levine, but at the moment, he's happy here, and he loves Carl Anthony Towns, but, yeah, um, unfortunately, this is a lover league, so when somebody leaves, they're all best friends still, which, you know, it's cool in some sense, but I don't know. I kind of like the old-school vibe more, like you're on our team, you know, we're friends, you're off our team, that kind of sucks, that type of thing. Maybe don't take it as far as uh, the the, uh, Celtics did but (laughs) with uh, Ray Allen and all that. But still, I don't know. I I, I would see it as disappointing that you'd want to leave. You get kind of jealous of this and that. But uh, the possibility does exist that could happen. Odds are extremely high. The Wolves will be offering Andrew Wiggins a five-year max this summer. The Wolves will be offering a five-year max next summer to Carl Anthony Towns. And that leaves Mr. Zach with probably a a four-year max. It'll be a four-year match, which isn't that bad. It's just still, you know, it's still the whole thing where, hey, I, I thought I'm one of the two best players on the team. Why does it have to be those two guys? Well, maybe because it should be. So, I don't know. Um, it's like no offense, but it's just it's one of those things where Zach Levine is going to have to accept being the third star on this team. And that does not always mean a bad thing. Um, and plus, that doesn't mean you're the third star every single night. Maybe you're number one one night. Maybe you're number two one night. So And it's going to happen frequently, and it happened frequently during the course of the season. Andrew's shooting poorly, Zach goes off for 35. Hey! There you go. Or Zach gets 26, 27, and Carl gets the 35. That type of thing. Things change. Sometimes it's Wiggins and Zach going off, and Carl's kind of quiet, but he's still picking up his 16 rebounds, something like that. So, that's where, the uh, you know, you can have the carousel. It doesn't have to be your number three all the time, but generally speaking, you're probably the third best out of the three at the end of the day. It's again no offense, it's just if Carl and Andrew could please uh, become the 2 way players that they're supposed to be, then without a doubt, they're the two best players on this team. I mean, there's no doubt about it. So, uh, and of course, Zach now unfortunately for him, the events that took place on February 13th are forcing him to, well kind of take a step back. Will he have to come off the bench starting out the season? Probably. Will he be ready to go starting out the season? Knowing him, probably. And luckily, it's still about three, four months away, even though it sucks waiting, but it's a lot of recovery time for Mr. Zach. Uh, Mostly putting up jump shots now. I don't think he's uh, working on any slam dunk contests. And yeah, when I heard he wasn't going out for the dunk contest last year, well, it's like, well, no duh, he had that nagging hip injury. What's the last thing you want? Just play the game and not worry about making a spectacular play when you could just put the ball in the basket. You know, that's kind of still the object of the game, regardless if it's boring or spectacular. Whatever it is, put the ball in the bleeping basket. <laughs> you saw ups and downs with every player during the course of the season. Again, Carl, just awesome overall year. Zach Levine was, you know, up and down, but he had some, you know, nagging injuries. Andrew Wiggins. There were some nights he was spectacular, some nights he was quiet, and that's where the frustration came in was the quiet nights. There was way too many of them, and the defense was lackadaisical time and time again. Rubio, we talked about him already. Nice emerges during the course of the season. Gorgie Zhang named a full-time starter the whole season, played all 82 games. The guy's an iron man. He's awesome, and he's earning that $64 million contract, even though you'd think in the grand scheme of things, $64 million for a guy that averages 10 points and eight rebounds? Well, it's the modern NBA. I mean, I'd like to see the shot blocks come up a bit more. Again, that's where I consider, or I compare him to Jonathan Isaac a bit. So, that just kind of is what that is. Uh Bialica had some good moments. He had some moments where he looked like he doesn't belong in the NBA. Um, obviously, Mr. Tom Thibodeau liked Nemanja quite a bit. Uh, Brandon Rush got extended minutes because of the injuries. He loves uh, uh, him being Tom Thibodeau. Loves Chris Dunn. You saw a nice, strong finish to the season in the final game. That was fun, but overall, he is a work in progress. Uh, he's not reached his. He's not reached what you were hoping to see out of Chris Dunn to this point. So that's where the frustration comes in a teeny tiny bit. Adrian Payne, don't let the door hitch you where the good Lord split you. No offense, but he's just not in the. He's not an NBA player. Thanks a lot, Tom Izzo, for encouraging Clips Tonners to give up a protected first-round pick for Adrian Payne. Thank you very much, Tom. Uh, Omri Caspi came in to help out during the uh, time when Zach Levine was out. He was adequate. Will he come back? Will he not come back? I don't know. Uh, Lance Stevenson also was involved during the Zach uh, Zach Levine missing time and he got injured twice with his ankle. He hurt his ankle immediately when he came back after hurting it the first time. Showed some signs, though, when he was out there defensively aggressive, made a spectacular kind of a <laughs> looping play. I love that. Cole Aldrich was... Well, move on, folks. Nothing to see here. Uh, he's uh, Mark Madsen. He's Mark Madsen in 2017 at this stage, minus the uh, stupid dances and the and the and the, uh, the towel pumping, at least maybe a little bit, but uh, whatever. <sighs> 62 games, managed to play in that many 8.5 minutes total, barely NBA level, and he was a lottery pick for the Rockets years ago, or was it the uh, Thunder? Whoever it was, extremely frustrating. Ah, it's the Thunder. I'm getting it mixed up with Joel Prisbilla, that's funny. Uh, Jordan Hill, I mean, the signing of Jordan Hill this year, I thought he was going to be a valuable asset to this club as a free agent. 6.5 minutes, 7 games, and it's not because he was hurt, it's just Thibodeau did not want any part of him. Um, but they say he was a nice mentor behind the scenes. Okay, um, it's a team option going into next year. I don't know how Jordan Hill could fall this far. I I don't get it. Or is Tom Thibodeau just what he is, just a hard ass? I don't know. I don't understand what happened with Jordan Hill this year. I'm still waiting on that one. Um, I know Tom Thibodeau is infamous, notorious for having small rotations, and Jordan Hill just wasn't one of them. And when you're not one of them, you're screwed. Uh, But could he have fallen off this much? I mean, it's like you probably couldn't even trade him because of that. And here we are. Here we are with uh, Jordan Hill. Kind of funny to wrap things up with him. So let's get to the actual MVP. Biggest disappointment. Biggest surprise during the course of the season. Most valuable player for Timberwolves Explosion in 2017 is Carl Anthony Downs. Without a doubt, um, honorable mention, I guess, Andrew Wiggins for some clutch performances, but I thought Carl outplayed Andrew Wiggins during the course of the season. Again, Wiggins though still deserves the right to become that guy in the next year or two. Um, Andrew Wiggins still may become the leading scorer at a bare minimum for this club, and I would not be surprised if things did head that direction. Maybe Carl still hangs around 24, 25, and Andrew jumps into 28-ish in the next two years. I would not be surprised one bit. Uh, biggest disappointment... This season, I think it's a combination of things. The defense not getting better. I think that falls on Tom Thibodeau. Um, the Wolves also did not make any type of trade during the season to help things out. But maybe they didn't need to. Obviously, you don't want to. You couldn't trade Zach Levine when there were rumors possibly with the whole Jimmy Butler, this and that that was always floating around. Uh, Rubio. Some of the offers probably weren't up to par. If the Wolves were going to trade him, they did not get the offer they wanted. Uh, Again, Tom Thibodeau and Scott Layden. I'm not impressed so far. Um, I will give Tom Thibodeau and Scott Layden together the biggest disappointment. Uh, Usually I go with the player, but it's like, okay, Zach Levine got hurt. He was disappointing on occasion, but he was kind of banged up. Wiggins' defense is extremely disappointing. Extremely disappointing and inconsistency frustrating, but he still averaged almost 24 points a game. I can't give it to Chapaz, can't give it to Gorgie. Nemanja, what expectations did you have? Brandon Rush, whatever. Chris Dunn is definitely the player, probably I would say was the, most, uh, was the biggest disappointment as a player this year, other than maybe Jordan Hill not getting any minutes. And maybe in general he was the uh, biggest disappointment. I, for players, I'll go with Dunn and Hill. But as a whole, the biggest disappointment, Tom Thibodeau and Scott Layden. I mean, what the hell kind of free agent signings did you make? Um, where's this spectacular defense you're hoping for? You know, and I understand there's a learning curve, but it's like it's like, either the players have an IQ of like 85 or you're not reaching them, dude. So they can't all have an IQ of 85, okay? Chris Dunn's defense, man on defense, was awesome, and I know that's why Thibodeau loves him so much. He also does have potential offensively as well. I, I truly believe that. You saw flashes of it, but you're going to need to see a hell of a lot more coming into this season. Um, Thibodeau, Leighton, biggest disappointment for me. Biggest surprise, without a doubt, Ricky Rubio, after a horrible start to the season, looked like a guy that just looked that looked lost out there, looked mediocre, looked average at best. Looked like a, looked like a guy that just, you'd want him, you'd know what to do with him. I don't even want to compare him to a player because I don't want to insult Rubio or the other player, so we'll leave that alone. Um, or piss off listeners, which have probably been doing way too much over the course of the last nine years or so. <laughs> I'm not trying to, trust me. I'm not trying to. Rubio was the biggest surprise, though. He looked like the guy that uh, a lot of us hoped he would be in the 2009 draft, when a lot of us were jumping for joy when he was taken by the Wolves and he was able when he slipped to the Wolves past Memphis and Sacramento, who were teams that would possibly look at him over the course of time. Um, but luckily for us, the, well, the Memphis Grizzlies already had Conley anyway, so whatever. And they had Kyle Lowry back in those days, too, which is crazy. So why the hell would they have taken Rubio? <laughs> it would have to have been some type of major trade along the way. Um, so that pretty much wraps things up for me. Rubio, nice surprise. Uh, definitely emerged strongly. even averaged 89% at the free throw line. Awesome there, too. So that's it. That's the season wrap-up for 2016-2017. Carl, MVP, biggest disappointment, Thibodeau, and Leighton, biggest surprise, Ricky, Ricardo, Rubio. There you go. So with that, we'll come back. We will review the draft and preview free agency right after this. I promised I wouldn't talk about the NBA finals, but I might as well have a very quick mini segment thrown in here. I'm not happy with the outcome. I'm not a big fan of the Warriors, but I'm not going to come out here and bash them or anything. Now, <laughs> don't worry, I'm not going milquetoast on you. That'll never happen. But I got to offer some positivity, some respect to the Golden State Warriors. I mean, the way that team works together. I mean, you put a star player at Kevin Durant's level on a team that's already stacked like that, for them to be able to work together to the level they were able to, unlike some other super teams in the past, maybe like just maybe the Lakers in the early 2000s. I'm not trying to piss anybody off. No, don't get mad at me, Vince. But <laughs> just saying how certain guys they come together, they don't always work together so well. Maybe the Dallas Mavericks years ago didn't work so well when they put their, uh, together a kind of a super team in the early 2000s as well to try to counter the Lakers. It just didn't work, right? So. It doesn't always work, but the way these guys were able to get it together and still play at the top of their level. And Kevin Durant was just absolutely spectacular throughout the postseason, and he deserves so much credit. We can say what we want about the cupcake-milk-toast approach by going to a 73-win team. Now, yeah, I'll, I'll save that for another show or leave that to shows previous. But the infectious way players on this team put that jersey on, regardless if they're a point guard, a shooting guard, a small forward, a power forward, or a center, and they're able to not only shoot the three-pointer, but make it at a pretty damn good clip, is incredible. I mean, it's infectious. Right now, I feel I could put a Golden State Warriors jersey on and start scorching the bottom of the net. I'm already an okay three-point shooter, but I'm just imagining myself putting that jersey on, and next thing you know, I'm nailing that shot. Uh, Clay Thompson's ability to catch and shoot is the best I've ever seen. Um, the catch and shoot shot that I always talk about religiously with shooting guards, particularly Zach Levine on this show, being a Timberwolves show, obviously, the catch and shoot shot is high percentage. Uh, Clay Thompson, I appreciate the fact he doesn't do the histrionics, that's the stuff I hate, that's what I don't like about Green and Green, and of course Steph Curry can't stand it, but Clay Thompson doesn't even need the ball until it's time to catch it and release it, and that's what's so amazing about him, and I have a lot of respect for him and the ability for him to hit that shot at the clip he does. Absolutely spectacular, so just thought I'd weigh in on the NBA Finals for about two, three minutes here. It is what it is. Uh, I hate that the Cavaliers lost. Now, this isn't a Cavaliers show. I don't have Cavaliers uh, merchandise, but I like LeBron James. I love his ability in the postseason, to me, there'll never be another Michael Jordan. For those of you that want to say, LeBron is better, Michael's is better, I, I still stand by Michael Jordan, and it's not just because I grew up in the 80s and 90s and not this millennial generation, which that's, again, for another day. <laughs> um, but the fact that I was able to see Michael Jordan uh, gives me an advantage, I'll say, and makes me believe that Michael Jordan was the better player. I mean, Michael Jordan was unstoppable, and... I I don't know. The way he carried himself, I just thought a little bit better than certain other people out there. Uh, LeBron James, closest thing to Michael today. Uh, Kobe Bryant, closest thing to Michael years ago, about 10 years ago, and, and such. Particularly, I mean, all, all the way up to about 2010, 2011-ish. My, uh, Kobe was the closest thing to Michael in that era. But to me, notice I'm saying closest thing. So, to me, Michael Jordan still reigns supreme in uh, <laughs> in, the, in the greatness of NBA history. So, with that said, Uh, incredible Tom Brady-ish like career for uh, LeBron James in terms of getting to the NBA finals as many times as he has. Spectacular, awesome, uh, deserves a a huge amount of respect for me, without a doubt. And at the same time, Warriors deserve a ton of respect as well. I hope they don't keep winning championships. I want the Wolves to catch up to them and uh, start knocking them out of the postseason. So that's the next step. And that's what we'll be talking about in this upcoming segment is how this team can, uh, you know, get better and Well, at least get to the playoffs for starters, and then work very quickly, rapidly, (laughs) make great, make rapid progress in the right direction. Make haste, right, right. (laughs) So with that, we'll get to the uh, uh, long-awaited free agency and draft conversation. And we are officially back now for segment number two. This time I mean it. See, I don't completely hate the Warriors, right? So it's not all hatred, so I, I apologize for those of you that might think I'm just a spewer of hatred and wanting to live in uh the eighties forever. Yeah. Part of me does want to live in the 80s forever, but not every single job of me, because you got to acknowledge that time doesn't stop for anybody, even people that want it to sometimes. But, (laughs) and no, uh, uh, yeah, okay, we could go on forever about that. It's wonderful to have smartphones and obviously to be able to do podcasts. Couldn't do that in the 80s, that's for damn sure, or the early 90s or even the late 90s. So, yeah, enough. Uh, This is it, and please, please take note. The first segment... (laughs) I'm very embarrassed about this, but the first segment was recorded a few weeks before the draft, so please bear with me when I talked about how Thibodeau and Layden had not made a move and this and that, but at the same time, it was a frustrating year, and the whole point of the first segment was to recap the previous season, not to talk about the draft and free agency and the trades that would take place, or trade at least at this point that would take place. Um... And yes, the Timberwolves did make a trade. And well, the Timberwolves also got a draft pick back and they were able to use that in the draft. So yes, the Wolves moved down a couple spots. Only about uh, nine spots. The Timberwolves also, of course, give up Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and the seventh pick, which ultimately was not going to be Jonathan Isaac. I think uh, Tom Thibodeau knew that Jonathan Isaac was not going to be available because, of course, the draft started to change during the course of time. Um, the draft started to change. Uh, Orlando Magic suddenly started to get more and more interested in Jonathan Isaac. It looked like he was going to be our pick forever and, you know, it's like more and more information coming in on Jonathan Isaac. He he would have been just a wonderful fit for this team. But it wouldn't have happened with the way uh, (laughs) the trade was going to take place. But at least guys like me and Marcus and others that would have loved to have Jonathan Isaac on this roster, we don't have to worry about the thought of, oh, we could have had Isaac though at least, and then maybe just kept Zach Levine. Chris Dunn, me and Marcus, a little sad about that part, but hey, you know, I mean, we're approaching things with more of a win now, and at the good and the uh, the other good side of things, in the acquisition of Jimmy Butler, of course, is that he's 27, turning 28. So luckily, he's still a few years before 30, that magical age of 30 that we all dread. Some of us dreading the age of 40. Those of you in Australia and me that we've, uh, the Courtside Podcast and myself, I'm approaching the age of 40. Unfortunately, uh, Vince Germano has already reached that threshold. So, yeah. Um, But it's funny, though, for the second year in a row, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, Vince Germano again. (laughs) See, I tend to watch the draft. See, when I watch it with Marcus, we tend to watch it on the app, on a projector, through the computer. Um, Forecaster does not want to have cable, TV. He just doesn't want to have it. Uh, so it just is what it is, and we've we got to go over there, which I'm totally fine with. I like going over there. And uh, obviously he's got to watch his uh, young son Noah. Shout out to young Noah there. It looks a little bit like Andrew Wiggins with that hairdo, and even his face, facial features. But, <laughs> um, but, yeah, we watched it on the app, and there's often a little delay with the app. Uh, in the past, applications were delayed maybe a good three minutes at times. So people would be saying, oh, what a play. What the hell? And I'd be like, oh, I can't believe this happened. And it's like, what? Oh. So you got to be careful. But it was a 30-second difference maybe, maybe a minute difference. And then it's like, Joey, Vince Germano, Joey, are you at home? I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, watching the draft. And he's like, you got Butler. I'm like, oh, man, really? <laughs> it's exciting, but it's scary, and it's like, the people you give up, and it's like, oh boy, uh, my great fear was the Timberwolves would lose Andrew Wiggins, and then you got to live with the thought of, uh, what if Andrew Wiggins becomes what a lot of us think he can? Well, we don't have to worry about that, but we do have to worry about what will Zach Levine become? What will Chris Dunn become? Me and Marcus the Forecaster and others out there, not everybody of course, this is a big debate, a lot of the young locals seem to adore Rubio. I'm not married to him. Uh, some of us older fans, not married to him. Uh, Vince Germano likes him a lot. But we were almost kind of hoping Rubio would be included in some type of trade. Uh, there was a rumored trade at one point that the Timberwolves would take Laurie Markkinen because Jonathan Isaac was not going to be available. Trade to Dallas, get the ninth pick back with uh, with uh, Matthews, a defensive shooting guard. Uh, definitely not to the near to the level of... Uh, Jimmy Butler would be on the scoring end and everything, and a significantly older, but the Wolves will get the ninth pick back. Maybe we take Dennis Smith with that pick. Ultimately, Dennis Smith does go to the Dallas Mavericks because the uh, New York Knicks ended up taking the French point guard, Marcus the Forecaster, in love with him uh, and others. Uh, exciting pick, Frank N- Nittalkina. I-, I hope I'm saying it right. Um, I'm probably not, but Dennis Smith's going to the the Mavericks. So it's going to be one way or another. We thought Laurie Markkinen would go to the Mavericks to help replace Dirk Nowitzki, offensive-minded guy out of Arizona. And it sounds like at the end of the day, the Timberwolves would have kept Laurie Markkinen should a trade not have taken place. Uh, Zach Collins went a lot of where a lot of people thought he was going to go, but not to the Blazers, to the uh, Sacramento Kings. Trade after trade after trade, like there always is. Uh, De'Aaron Fox ultimately going fifth overall to the Kings. Josh Jackson to the Suns because the uh, Celtics and 76ers. This also took place before the uh, the show. Celtics just acquiring more future picks and moving down only two spots. Wind up with Jason Tatum. The 76ers do get number one and do take the coveted Markal Foltz. And Vince Germano's Lakers do take Lonzo Ball. My God, that's a cocky looking duo there. Uh, Lonzo and Lavar. LeVar is loud. Lonzo's got a cocky look in his eye. He really does. But uh, it's much more Lavar than Lonzo. Uh, um, but Whatever. Good luck to them. He'll probably be great, maybe, but at the same time, I think the popularity of that uh, <laughs> that duo is not going to be very high if they keep, continue with the arrogant level. I don't know. I don't know. It's up to them, I guess. Up to the fans over there in Los Angeles. Good luck. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, the Lakers' speculation continues. You got guys like Mr. Paul George saying he's going to leave the Pacers at the end of the season. Lakers and Pacers engaged in trade talks. Nothing has happened yet. You get more crazy talk about that L for Lakers. May have to do with L with LeBron joining the Lakers as well. Uh, Lakers could be the next super team again. I don't know. We'll see what happens. And Vince Germano saying, hey, it's coming. Yes, it's coming. Paul George, I think, is going to wind up with the Lakers. Uh, You're going to have Lonzo Ball. You're going to have others. Of course, uh, D'Angelo Russell already done with the Lakers. Traded away in another deal to kind of free up space to make to go after the Paul Georges, maybe the LeBrons of the world in the next year here or so, or even the end of this uh, summer, God God knows what's going to happen here. Um, as Brooke Lopez headed to the Lakers, um, uh, it just goes on and on. It's crazy, but yeah, De'Angelo Russell off to the nets. De'Angelo Russell's done already, number two overall pick crazy, but of course, then it's like, oh, well, of course, of course they're going to get rid of D'Angelo Russell because Lonzo Ball's coming, and that's exactly what took place. Malik Monk, interesting one, slipped all the way down to 11. Okay, let's get to Jimmy Butler, and I'll kind of bounce back to the draft here and there. Uh, the Wolves end up with Justin Patton, 16th overall. That's Chicago's pick this year. We'll talk about him in a second. Jimmy and Bimmy, Bimmy and Jimmy. That's basically what we're talking about here. <laughs> This guy's an example of someone who, well, it's like the whole, you never know. I mean, you wind up going 30th in the draft to the Chicago Bulls, and the 2011 draft pulls out a wonderful record that season. Ultimately, in their case, getting beat by the by the uh, Miami Heat in only five games. Derrick Rose was excellent that year, but they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals. LeBron and the Heat just beat them, and then the next year the Bulls come back again. Derrick Rose out for the season, blah, blah, blah. Jimmy Butler only averaged two points a game, jumps up to 86 In 12-13, getting more minutes there, 26 minutes, becomes a rotational player, becomes a starter in 13-14, 13.1 points a game, solid starter, nothing super special, but more of a defensive specialist, Uh, 14-15, a little bit more, the same amount of minutes, but up to 20 points a game the next year, 20.9 a game, and then last season became a full-on all-star, about 24 points a game, while remaining a defensive specialist. I remember a couple of years ago when Butler just started to get good with that 20 points a game, how he faked out Andrew Wiggins when he was a rookie. Ended up getting to the free throw line and ended up beating the Wolves in Target Center. Remember that very well as the veteran Butler made, the the young veteran Butler made Wiggins look kind of silly on that one. Drew the foul. Wiggins landed on top of Butler. Butler got his free throws and won the game. So it's kind of symbolic of what's going on here is now you get this guy to come in and help Andrew Wiggins. Help others. It won't be Zach Levine. It was going to be to help Wiggins or, or... (laughs) <laughs> or, or Levine, and others. Carl Anthony Towns about leadership, uh, toughness, all that. Um, apparently, oh, Jimmy Butler over there, much more focused on, in Chicago, hard work, and just tough play, and and it doesn't matter how tough Tom Thibodeau or others are on Jimmy Butler, he likes it, and he'll keep going, and that's the exciting part. Uh, I had a bad impression on him at the end of the year at that press conference, and I complained about that on the next episode, and that's what made me not really want him very much. I'm hoping I misinterpreted that. I don't know, because it, it sounds like two different people. I, I don't know. I, I don't think from what you hear about Jimmy Butler, I don't think that's something he would say. Or I, I, I may have misinterpreted it, and I hope I, I did, because he was basically saying, Jimmy Butler was basically saying that You know, it wasn't a failed season. We made the playoffs when they asked, is it a failed season? And to me, that was absolutely a failed season for the Chicago Bulls. Um, it didn't help that Rondo got hurt, but it seemed like they just kind of quit after that. And that's what bugged me. Um, the whole situation with Rose. Now, that was Rose 100% to me. Like, Butler was becoming the better player on the team. Rose is just pouting and acting like a baby. When clearly Rose, Rose's skills have diminished due to the injury, the ACL. And plus, why does it need to take two years to come back from an ACL? nobody else does that unless the knees like you know like Teddy Bridgewater like that's when you might take two years or God knows if ever if you ever return um, but that was the situation Rose is kind of getting jealous of Butler Butler was more of the hard worker type Rose was just kind of like hey I'm a star I'm the guy you know and I don't know uh, I the good news about getting Jimmy Butler is the wolves will not be getting Derek Rose. Uh, the other side of things it's sad to see Chris Dunn go because you wonder how much he could develop still. A lot of people had already given up on him. I'm not sure I want to give up on Chris Dunn, but I guess it is what it is. It's what uh, Tom Thibodeau said. You hate to give up guys like Zach Levine and Chris Dunn, but you have to give some to get some. And you have to give a lot to get a lot. And the Wolves ultimately do get a lot. Jimmy Butler, in the 16th pick, ended up being General Justin Patton (laughs) over there out of uh, Creighton there. You don't hear about Creighton that much. Not a whole lot. Apparently the last center taken out of Creighton was when Noy Benjamin. Um, we'll leave that alone. That's a role player in the league many years ago. Back in the early days of my, watchings, my, my, my watching days. Uh, this, the Lakers and the Sonics. Sonics but before the Lakers. Way back in the day. Benoit Benjamin. Woo-hoo. Um, totally different player, though. Uh, much more athletic, shot-blocking force. A project, though. Still has got to develop his skills in the league. Post-up and all that. But I do believe that general Justin Patton general Patton will end up becoming a very viable player for the Wolves long term. I'm very happy to have him, quite frankly. Uh, physical, strong. Maybe he'll be our Draymond Green one day. Again, that is just kind of throwing a dart in the <laughs> just kind of throwing darts in the dark and hoping it sticks. We'll we'll see. I'd like to see him become a guy like that though. Physical, he, he blocks shots, he's got a lot of energy, Justin Patton. And he is 7 foot too. Uh, so 7 foot also is what I'm trying to say. So that brings a lot of value along the way. Um, I was afraid in the past, or currently actually, about getting Jimmy Butler also, is you got the Warriors, <clears throat> who I talked very kindly about for about four minutes there. in the uh, It's a little in-between segment there between one and two. They're not going away right now. Uh, Curry and Durant are eligible for free agency at this stage, but most likely they're going to stay there. I mean, that's basketball heaven right now. I hate to say that. Trust me, I really hate to say that. But um, when Jimmy Butler's about the same age as the Steph Currys and Kevin Durant's, that concerns you because you're just going to run into a wall. Just like Tim Duncan and Garnett. Tim Duncan and Garnett. Kobe Bryant and Garnett. Same generation. About one, two years apart from each other. You're going to run into a damn wall over and over and over. And that was the fear. Uh, But the thing is, see, Butler right now is going to be number one, number two, in the offense, number one, number two guy overall, he's going to be the captain. I gotta say, I would give him the C like immediately. He's the captain, uh, and then the alternate captain is going to be Carl Anthony Towns, and the other one, Wiggins. You got to become something here right now. It's it's Rubio. He would be the other alternate. Say if this was hockey, but in basketball you have three captains, so there you go. But I, I would say Jimmy is the main captain right now, even though he's just coming in. Um, <laughs> The thing is, that concerned me at the time that I'm feeling a little better about is the thought, again, you bring in Butler, now Wiggins' growth gets stunted a bit. He gets kind of pushed back. But, again, that takes the pressure off Wiggins. See, it's like you, you kind of come back and start feeling a little better about this now. And that's what I'm doing when I sit down and think about it. At the time, see, I was poor, poor Vistrabad. It was the brunt of my fears and frustration that night and sadness as well. I was like, oh no, no, now what are we going to do? This and that, but it's like... <laughs> <laughs> because we're just going to run into a wall and all that. But, okay, so Jimmy Butler is going to be a top dog. A top dog, if not the top dog uh, for the Wolves right now. Wiggins gets shifted down to probably maybe the second or third option on the offense. Second to third overall star on the team. But who's to say, as Jimmy gets older, he could kind of shift down, take a little tiny bit of a back seat in the offense as Wiggins earns, earns, earns more touches because he gets significantly better. So then it's okay. Then Jimmy Butler could become the most valuable third option in the history of the world as he gets a little bit older and the pressure gets taken off of him and hopefully he can stay healthy as well and you don't have to put too much pressure on a guy as he gets older. Uh, And again, that's like about four years down the road. Three, four years down the road as Wiggins kind of approaches 24, 25, 26 and Butler gets into the 32 range. Again, he'll be eligible for a free agency coming up here in about two years with the uh, the, uh, player option. That's the unfortunate part. He's making about... $16 $16 a night now, a little over that. Well, $16.5 right now. So he'll probably opt out and want more. Oh, oh, goody. But the good news is he'll be our free agent. The other good news is, remember how I was fearing that Zach Levine would ultimately probably be the guy that would leave if one of the three was going to leave due to, mm, you know, maybe he wants a bigger role somewhere else, a little jealousy, the financial thing, you know, the whole deal where you can give two players max contracts, which is a lot better than one. Remember the whole Kevin Love situation where he got pissed off that David Kahn just did not give him the max contract. He would not do it. He he gave him the four-year one. Um, And that's what Zach Levine would have ended up being. Would there have been a little animosity going on? Would Levine have said, hey, I'm actually better than Andrew Wiggins, I'm more dedicated this and that, where ultimately a lot of us would tell you, a lot of us, not everybody would tell you, but Wiggins has a higher ceiling than Zach Levine, so he's going to get the max, and Carl Anthony towns that's a no-brainer. He's going to get the max. <clears throat> well, with Butler in the fold instead of Levine, you don't have to worry about the little jealousy factor thing. He's already gone, now Zach's already gone, and yes, it's sad, I can't believe he's gone, but <laughs> because <clears throat> I see so many high hopes on Zach, the whole catch and shoot, maybe he'll average 24, 25 a game over there at Chicago and become a Quite the star for the Bulls one day if, he, if his knee ends up being as healthy as we'd all like to believe. But again, that jealousy factor is gone. You've already gotten super-duper compensation in Jimmy Butler, the veteran leader that will lead this team for years if he opts to stay and doesn't move on to the Lakers or something, or back to the Bulls, God forbid. I don't think he's going back to though. He's a little bit irritated with them right now. Uh, and then you're able to give the match contracts to Carl and Andrew, and then there you go. There you go. There's your big three, or as Paul Allen of KFN would say, the MV3, a la Kevin Garnett, Sam Cassell, LaTreuille, Spreewell. KG, Spree, and Sammy C. <laughs> as they used to say about circa, like, yeah, a long time ago. Gosh, how many years has it been? 13 years now? It's only 13 years ago, and I was already quite the veteran Wolves fan. Yeah, quite the veteran Wolves fan at that stage, but yeah. Well, there it is. I mean, and then the other fear came in, too. The whole Kawhi Leonard situation. And it's like, oh, well, who 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 does get around Kawhi? Yeah, but still. Still, though, do you want to run into another wall again? And the whole situation where Andrew Wiggins would get shut down by Kawhi Leonard, and then luckily, much later in the year, Andrew ended up being tied with Kawhi. He actually ended up outplaying him for a, a while there until Kawhi... Just kind of sagged off Rubio and stole the ball away because he knew Rubio was going to pass at the end of the game and the Spurs won the game, and both players won up at 22 points, if I remember correctly, in the final matchup between the Wolves and Spurs, but generally speaking, it was about 33-11, to 11, Andrew Wiggins versus um, Kawhi Leonard, and then with Butler, it was like 33-14, to 14 or 33-11 to 11 again with Jimmy Butler versus Kawhi Leonard, and that frustrated me, but then it's like, wait a minute, wait, wait, hold on, timeout, Kawhi Leonard can't guard two people at the same time, can he? Yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. Simple math, simple logic, and I just, I don't know. I was lacking in that category for some reason for a minute there. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard can't guard two people. No? That sounds like something Vince Germano would say like, uh, Joey, uh, hey, Joey, you know Kawhi can't guard two people, right? <laughs> I could just, just imagine Vince Germano saying like something like that. Even, even Hank, maybe. Hey, uh, Joey. You know, he can't your people. You know that, right? (laughs) Yeah, so that does present a very interesting scenario, even against the Spurs. As much as I hate the Warriors and I want to beat the crap out of them every time we play them, particularly in the playoffs, I would love to be the team that dethrones them. But um, I'm not convinced the way some people are that, oh, the Wolves are ready to take on the Warriors. I know some of the people out there even national people are like this team could be this team could be the toughest opponent for the Warriors, maybe the toughest opponent, but can we beat them? Can the Wolves get to the West Finals and make things extremely interesting, or just make a really tough second round matchup? Um, maybe, but again, oh, the ultimate goal is to uh, win a championship. Luckily, Wiggins and Towns will be around after the Steph Curry's and Kevin Durant's uh, pass their prime, so that's the good part, and they'll be just entering there. So. You'll, and you'll have the veteran leader in Jimmy Butler again if he opts to stick around, and hopefully he, he, he does. And he's going to work with the tough coach that he liked over there in Chicago. That's the good news. Um, again, more good news, we won't get Derrick Rose. Continuing concern for me, keeping Ricky Rubio, though, is, hey, continue to develop the catch-and-shoot. Continue to, well, you know, see, the hope is that you can get players off of Rubio, and that he will be able to be more and more deadly with the catch-and-shoots from the outside. He could be our, I don't know, Again, do not take this as a real comparison. Please. But he could be our Clay Thompson in terms of when he doesn't have the ball and someone else like a Jimmy Butler or Wiggins who needs to continue to develop his playmaking skills, which do exist, but he needs to like execute them. Uh, Butler clearly has it. He averaged five and a half assists a game the last year, and he's averaged several assists throughout his career. Uh, three and a half a couple of years ago and five last year, uh, before last year, five and a half this year. You can kick it out to Rubio because everybody's going to be concentrating on the big three. Kick it out to Rubio. Catch and shoot from three. Catch and shoot. He could be our Clay Thompson in that sense. Catch and shoot. Catch and shoot. And that's obviously once the other players have the ball, Rubio could stag over to the corner or just uh, to the top of the key and shoot the three. Uh, rhyme not intended there, but it but it works. <laughs> catch and shoot. I mean, simple stuff. It's a high percentage shot. You question Rubio's shooting ability, but it's been going on since he came into the league, since he was 18 years old, years old in, in Spain there. Catch and shoot, Ricky. Catch and shoot. Catch and shoot. That's how the Wolves beat the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder last year. The catch and shoot three from Ricky Rubio. Just keep it coming. And that's how Ricky Rubio's value can improve. And that's how, hopefully, we pray to God if Rubio can just, just you know, get that catch and shoot shot where it needs to be then hopefully we can pray to God that the Kawhi Leonard's and other smart, tough defenders in the league won't be able to play that little trick of, well, you're not going to shoot the ball, so I'm just going to stay at the right distance where I can catch up to you if you drive. But at the same time, if you pass, whoop, gone, turnover, game over, or whatever the situation is, fast break, whatever. And um, when you had the Kawhi Leonard's tag off him, it's just like it continued to show you how screwed we are (laughs) late in games when Rubio has the ball. In that situation, I mean, because it's like he's going to pass. What the hell are we afraid of? Obviously, uh, so you're going to want Butler to probably have the ball in a situation like that at times. Maybe he'll try to drive and kick it out to Rubio for a catch and shoot three, or set up somebody else. Who, who knows? So that's a situation that hopefully can de- continue to develop for this club as we head into the uh, as we head into the season and all that, and into the future for this club. Are the Timberwolves a playoff team today? Yes. Um, Can they get further beyond that, though? I hope so. Um, Justin Patton, General Justin Patton, hopefully he can be that valuable big man to help out, come off the bench, maybe even start on occasion and in the coming years, maybe he'll develop into something really good. You never know. 16th pick. I was beyond thrilled when I saw the 16th pick was coming back. It's like, cool, we still have something to look forward to as the draft was spoiled at the time. Like, oh, wow, now we don't even worry about the 7th pick anymore because it's not ours. It's like, oh man, that's kinda of funny. So the the, the Christmas present was emptied a little amp- opened a little bit early. And that's how things went with that. Uh Jimmy Butler on his way, obviously, to the Timberwolves early at the beginning of that draft. And then of course you get that sixteenth pick, something to look forward to. Me and me and the forecaster strongly hoping that the Wolves would wind up with a big man there, and we did. Hopefully, Mr. General Patton will work out again. That's a nickname I'm giving him, uh, the historical general of World War II. That was very good for the United States at the time over there in the uh, over there in Europe. Yeah, that, that the uh, the Germany campaign, all that. So you get the idea. Uh, it's going to be fun, and I feel better about it than I did at the time. Again, segment number one was recorded before the draft. The Jimmy Butler trade had not happened yet. The whole point of segment number one was to review the previous year so again, please. <laughs> Jimmy Butler is a Timberwolf. I'm not sitting here saying the Wolves never make trades and uh, they just sit on their hands, all that, like I kind of, sort of talked about in segment number one. So now let's look at free agency a little bit before we get into fan interaction. You'll hear from Tanay, yep, oh, Tanay's takes make a comeback. It's going to be wonderful. About five minutes there from Tane out of New Zealand. Great guy. Just love him. Got that thing ready. Converted to MP3. Got a little problem with it because Zamzar decided not to work anymore. I don't know what's going on with that. It kept giving me like nothing. It kept giving me nothing so I have no idea where to go with that. We'll look at the draft for a couple more seconds here if need be. Uh, nah. Jared Allen. That's the one we and Marcus the Forecaster just love. I, I keep saying his name but now we keep uh, we love this guy. He's He looks like he's straight out of the 70s. He's, he's cool. He's going to be a cool guy. Uh, Brooklyn Nets. Good luck to him. OJ Ananby, uh, to Indiana. No, no, he was out of Indiana over to the uh, Toronto Raptors. Like him a lot too. Very athletic. Going to be entertaining to watch. We shall see how things develop there though. Yeah, let's look at free agency. That was the whole point here. Obviously, you got Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. They're going to stay in Golden State. Gordon Hayward, he's possibly going to Miami, possibly to Boston. Who knows? Maybe he'll go to the Bulls now. Maybe the Bulls will pick him up. Or he'll just stay in Utah. We'll see what happens, though. Blake Griffin, I don't care. I don't want him. You know, he's entertaining. He's good. The the, The Wolves are fine. We don't need Blake Griffin. Chris Paul would be very interesting. And again just because the Timberwolves are keeping Rubio at the moment. And again, Tyus Jones is going to get some more minutes, i got to think. Doesn't mean we're married to Ricky Rubio, and doesn't mean something is still coming. The Wolves very well may make a free agent move and end up trading Ricky Rubio at some point very soon. Chris Paul. So if you find out Ricky Rubio has been traded something's up. You know, I, well, obviously uh, obviously, the Wolves may be chasing one of the big uh, point guards and have a pretty good feeling that they're going to get one of them. Chris Paul it's a player option. Odds are he will mm, well mm, well, he's making about $23 million a year so I don't know you're opting out of a lot of people and he is on the wrong side of 30. Odds are he's going to wind up with the San Antonio Spurs. That's my guess. He may stay in uh, Clipperland if say a LeBron James goes there. I have no idea. Kyle Lowry is an unrestricted free agent. He made $12 million last year. $12 million. Expect that to get into the 20s. Yeah, it's going to happen. Um, Kyle Lowry, I would not be surprised if he left Toronto. I would not be surprised if he stayed in Toronto. I love Kyle Lowry. And I've made that clear for many, many, many years on this show. In fact, all the way back to the beginning of this show, when, I, when the Wolves were making a trade for Kevin Love. Well, that was this. Yeah, yeah. the Wolves are making the trade for Kevin Love. I was really into uh, the Wolves... <clears throat> getting Kyle Lowry somehow, some way. I remember there were rumors back then even in the uh, Kevin Love trade that the Wolves would get Kyle Lowry back in that trade. Unfortunately, that did not happen. He was the backup for Mike Conley there in Memphis at the time. Paul Milstap, again, another guy. is getting a little older. Extremely valuable. We'll see. I, I don't think Milstap is coming to Minnesota. Lowry's a possibility, but unlikely. I, I don't know where Lowry's going to go, really. I have no idea. I don't know, Toronto, Minnesota, who knows? <laughs> Drew Holiday, unrestricted free agent. Another interesting one. A lot of people like him, but he gets hurt a lot. And that's another complaint I have with that. That's a, sm- that's a complaint I have with Jimmy Butler, though. I've got to bring this up before uh, I got, get too excited, I suppose. He played 82 games only in his second season in his career. Other than that, in four, uh, I'll do it in sequence from 13-14. 67 games, the next year 65, the year after that 67, and last year 76, so a little better, that's only what, uh, 6 games missed, that's not too bad, but 67, 65, 67 mm, that's a lot of missed games there, so concerned. I, I'm concerned a little bit about that, 15 and 17 games missed during those 3 seasons each, so, huh, that's one concern I have hopefully Butler can stay away from the injury bug a bit That's one thing I do have to talk about. Danilo Gallinari is a free agent as well. I don't expect the Wolves to go after him, but you never know. Big sharpshooter, and the Wolves do need that. Serge Ibaka, God knows what he's going to want. He made only 12... Wow, Andy Miller's got these uh, reasonable contracts here. $12.2 million. Okay, that's a lot of money not that long ago, but nowadays I guess it's kind of reasonable. We'll see what happens. Um, valuable guy, still good. He, he can add the three point shot as well, which he didn't have before. They once called him Iblaca. He's not the great defender he was, but he's still good. Paul Gasol. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Hi I'm over Paul Gasol. As good as he is, we all love him. He's had a hell of a career. Made almost two hundred million dollars in, in his career. I'm not sure. Hmm, I'm not sure. Uh he's just he's just getting old, man. I'm sorry, Dwayne Wade, another guy who's getting really old, and he's not going to opt out of 23.2 million. Eh, Whatever. 23.2 million for Dwayne Wade. Really, Chicago? I mean, that's crazy. Uh, George Hill is a significant possibility for the Timberwolves. A A point guard who would definitely be starter material. Not necessarily a big time assist guy, but he's got a nice shot. About 17 points a game for the Utah Jazz last year. Otto Porter restricted. He'll stay in Washington. Greg Monroe. He's a player option in Milwaukee. Very expensive. $17 million. I would not be surprised if he stuck around. David Falk. The devil as they like to call him. The devil. David Falk. That guy is a tough, tough, tough uh, agent. Uh, Jeff Teague. Another one. Indiana Pacers. I've always loved Jeff Teague. Averaged almost 8 assists. Over 15 points a game last year for the Indiana Pacers. Even 4 rebounds. That's a guy I would highly consider. Um, just twenty-eight years old. He's about—he's the same age as uh, Butler, slightly older, like a few months older. Only eight—only eight million dollars. Andy Miller again, man. I like you, Andy Miller. I like you. You're—you're a—you're a—you're a reasonable agent over there, Andy Miller. Watch him come come here though and demand twenty. Yeah. Wow. That's a thing. Stupid TV cut. It's good. It's good for the league and everything, but it's a little bit over the top. And if things ever kind of sour and then you're like 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 45 million over the luxury tax. Good luck to you if that happens. I think the Warriors are going to do that, but watch them make up for it with no problem. Andre Iguodala is definitely a name out there that a lot of Timberwolves fans have wanted. Oh, he bugs me, but he would be very nice to be on our team. He's he's one of those guys if he's on the other team you want to oh, you just want to you just want to clock him. But then He's on your team, and you're like, God, I love this guy. What a tenacious son of a biscuit. He's so valuable. I love him so much. That kind of guy. The stats definitely do not reflect his value. Obviously, his stats are very low (laughs) less than eight points and four rebounds, but limited minutes. But his value is incredible, and he's been an all star type of player over his career. Obviously, when you see his career earnings are over $121 million, so he's obviously had some value over the course of time. He's going to want big bucks, and he's not getting any younger either. I'm not I'm not against getting him, but I, seriously though, do you want to give him like $18 million? I don't know, that, that, that'd be a bad contract. I don't think I want to give up all my cap space to Andre Iguodala. Netherlands Noel, Dewell, I just love him. I think he's got great potential. He's restricted though, and I would expect the Dallas Mavericks to match just about any offer coming his way. JJ Redick, what's he going to want? Unrestricted free agent, LA Clippers, sharpshooting, son of a biscuit. Just love him. He'd be a nice piece to the Wolves, I think. Nice, valuable guy. That's a that's a real possible scenario uh, if he's willing. You know, if he's willing, why not? Why not? Uh, better situation than the Clippers right now. I think the Clippers are going to blow it up. I think uh, Chris Paul's on his way to San Antonio. Maybe Reddick goes to the Spurs. That's the other thing. I mean, Reddick. I mean, people are going to be throwing money at the guy because he's valuable. Uh, million last year. He's made almost 60 million in his career. Well, I don't know why I keep going to the career part, because he's not, (laughs) it doesn't matter with him. Dirk Nowitzki is the more interesting one. 245 in his career. God! Crazy! Uh, Team option for him, of course. Um, He's not looking to retire. I expect him to stay, but who knows? Maybe the team will try to get his money down. It's a team option. 25 mil for Dirk. But J.J. Redick, though, going back to him, would be a wonderful fit for the Wolves if he's willing to come off the bench, be that valuable spark plug. He would be. Uh, it, it also kind of depends on what happens with Shabaz Muhammad. Uh, he, he's a free agent, unrestricted free agent right now. Shabazz Muhammad, you may have to decide between Reddick and Shabazz, and one of them is going to get mm, eight to eight to eight to twelve million. I got to think that's a pretty good range there, but yeah, it's going to be something like that. I felt like I've had a fro- frog in my throat the whole time I've been here. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, but I do have the fan on if you can hear it, so because it's getting a little warmer. As you continue to hope to, you know, land the right guy here, the Wolves have a little over 20 million available for free agency despite taking on the uh, Jimmy Butler contract. Contavious Pope, yeah, whatever. He'll stay with Detroit, probably. Probably. Mason Plumley, same thing with Portland. Rudy Gay, I'm not interested. Derek Rose, not interested. Deion Waiter's not interested. Rajon Rondo, well. Yeah, mm, no. Uh, Ilazova, I don't know. T.J. Tucker, the Wolves have always liked him. Did you get into more interesting ones again? Or er, lots of people have lots of people like Tucker. Very good defender. If you can get him at a reasonable price, last year five point three again. All these guys, they're going to be making more. You just know it. Um, Pat Patty Mills, a spark plug, sharp shooter for the Spurs. I expect him to stay there, but. Who knows? Somebody might throw a ton of money at him, and it could be anybody. So maybe Patty Mills will be on his way out. Kyle Corver, I think he's too old, and I was extremely disappointed with Kyle Corver with the Cleveland Cavaliers last year. I'm, I'm not interested. He's 36, and he just, I don't know. Sometimes guys are just not that good anymore. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, some people want him, and they think he's still valuable. No, uh, I'm not that interested. Andre Roberson, remember, he's part of that horrible David Kahn trade night in 2011. Ended up with Oklahoma. Nice, valuable defender at, on the perimeter. Can't shoot at all, though. Um, depends. I don't know. Eh, he's restricted. Maybe the uh, Thunder keep him. I wouldn't be surprised. Todd Gibson, another guy. A lot of people think he will he will come here. Um, maybe, he'll, maybe you bring him in and J.J. Redick. I don't know. That would be kind of fun. I wouldn't be against that. Amir Tich, no. He's going to stay in Chicago, most likely. Sean Livingston, he's going to stay where he is and unless uh, something else happens, other names, just kind of passing through some of these guys. I like Jonathan Simmons of San Antonio. Uh, he's he's fun. He's he's obviously very cheap. He's just getting started. One of those undrafted guys. Another Spurs gym, kind of picked up off the you know, <laughs> off, the, off the scrap heap, basically. He's a valuable guy, Jonathan Simmons. I wouldn't mind bringing him in if at the right price again, um, Tony Schnell's another one, that's going to demand some money, he has not made hardly anything in his career, like, he's not even, he hasn't even made five million in his career yet, if you can believe that, uh, former Bull, current Buck, um, he's restricted though, because he's still pretty young, extremely good defense, uh, can shoot the threes as well, um, inconsistent, up and down, but he, he can definitely shoot the three last year. He, he couldn't shoot the three before last year, though, and now look at him, though. He's just scorching the net, not even thinking about Nene, and again, Shabazz Muhammad's restricted free agent. Tony Allen, I think he's getting a little old. Still a really good defender, but he's getting really old, though, like 35, 36 years old. Tony Allen, another name to think about. Tyreek Evans, no. JaVel McGee, no, <laughs> unless you want to be on Shaqton, a fool every night. Jamichael Green, unfortunately is a restricted free agent. God, I love him. Oh, uh, he'll probably stay there though. God, I I, I wish he was unrestricted. Oh, I love Jamichael Green out of Memphis. He manhandled Carl Anthony Towns on multiple occasions last year and it drove me absolutely up the wall. Jeez, man. Ah, Well, good luck. Damn it. (laughs) He's going to be a thorn in our side forever. How about Cephalosia? You know, he, he might be one of those little bargain moves right there. Another solid uh, perimeter defender. Darren Collison, unlikely, but uh, you never know. I doubt it. I could just go on and on forever. Bogut, wow. Andrew Bogut. Brandon Jennings. Wow, look at all these names. Vince Carter is a free agent. Jeff Green is a free agent. Remember that guy? Remember how good he was once upon a time? He made $15 million last year thanks to the devil, David Falk. David West with the Warriors last year made bargain basement good deal there for the Warriors. Not even two million a year for that. Wow, bargain basement veteran minimum move there, very valuable for the Memphis Grizzlies. Man, there are so many free agents. <laughs> you could go on forever. Umri uh, Caspi, you know what? I think we can do better. Uh, God bless him though. I like him, but again, God bless him. Uh, it's oh wow, he's the uh, he's been. No active NBA player has made more regular season games without a playoff appearance. Wow, that's funny when you think about that. That's a note on him. Oh, he could go on forever with all these. I like Drew Holiday, but he gets hurt too much. That's my concern. Rodney Stuckey. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, Jared Sullinger. Anthony Tuller. Man, I can't believe how many there are. This could go on forever. And these are all names we've all heard of. Man, Aaron Brooks. Ever the spark plug? Derek Oh, don't even go there. Mm, no. Luke Babbitt, I, I kind of like him. Nice little shooter. Kind of like him. He could be an end of the bench kind of guy. You come in and he scorches the net on occasion. You know, just here and there. He would have to definitely play a reserve role for the Wolves. And then again, I don't think anybody wants to come here and be a tenth man under uh, Mr. Tom Thibodeau. You'll never see the light of day. Mm. So, man, these are so many names we've all heard of. I'm not going to mention them, though, because you can't go on forever. Wow, you yeah, Brandon Rush. I don't think so. I don't think so. Mm-mm. Um, Yep, Adrian Payne, Rush. I think they're all gone. I, I really do. Again, those are guys, maybe you replace him with the Luke Babbitt. You know, stuff like that. J.J. Redick, again, would be so viable. You're going to see some new names here. Jordan Hill, you're not going to see him back. Hopefully the Wolves are able to uh, fill the roster with better pieces. Last year's free agency was just sickeningly bad. Jordan Hill, Got minutes everywhere he went until last year. And I, again, I don't know what happened there. I really don't. Other than the talk is that Tom Thibodeau has a short bench. And I don't know. And he's been notorious for that. And that's why why they say people get hurt and this and that. But, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, Derek Rose and Zach Levine, they're both freak injuries. I don't know. Um, Derek Rose, also the talk was he was more interested in, you know, I, I, I heard this in an interview with Barrero just, just the other day here that uh, he was more interested in sex toy catalogs. Are, are you kidding me? I don't know. And again, this is, just, this is just hearsay type stuff. But then again, I mean, it's from this reporter, so he obviously knows more than I do. So um, it is what it is. I mean, it's just the guy, there's a reason he didn't come back right away. He just did not seem to be focused to the level you would think he would be, considering you're the franchise guy for the Chicago Bulls, a team that had the best record before you got injured. A, a team that had championship aspirations again before he got hurt, and it's just he didn't seem to give a crap. Uh, Zach Levine, you're seeing a lot of focus, you're seeing more muscle in those biceps already from Zach Levine. God bless him. I mean, I remember we were just watching him that night, and then he's traded, and it's like, oh my god. It was like, we are we're watching him right before the draft, and he's working out, and getting, you know, you know, during his rehab, and he's bulking up those muscles, just getting bigger and bigger, and then he's gone, and you just can't believe it, and it's, and it's sad, so... We'll just have to wait and see how things turn out in Chicago with that. It's going to be a fun offseason. I expect the Wolves to go after JJ Redick. I expect them to go after George Hill. Um, Possibly Kyle Lowry. But George Hill seems to be out there. Jeff Teague, actually, I would take over uh, George Hill. Honest to God. But how much is he going to demand? Hopefully Andy Miller continues to be reasonable. Uh, We will go after Andre Iguodala, but I believe the Wolves will not sign Andre Iguodala. Uh, That's just my opinion. That's my belief. We'll... Get outbid. I think somebody else is going to offer him way too much. And what's the point? You know, it's just one of those. So, yeah, uh, Patty Mills, maybe. I don't know. It's just, you just, keep, <laughs> I think I could go on forever. Todd Gibson is a guy I think we'll probably end up getting instead of uh, Jermichael Green. How much I'd love to have Jermichael Green or even Tony Snell, but they're probably going to end up staying where they are due to the fact they are restricted free agents. Jonathan Simmons is a guy, again, maybe a good roster filler. Hopefully you keep Shabazz Muhammad again. I think it's between Shabazz and JJ Redick for that six-man role with this club. Other than that, that's about it for free agency. Uh, Interesting conversations, interesting possibilities. There will be a significant signing, and there will be a few other, you know, like roster fillers that might end up being valuable guys at some point during the season, as long as Thibodeau can hopefully be slightly more generous with that bench in the coming coming months here. So that's about it right now. Um, I'm not expecting... Anybody in particular, necessarily other than Todd Gibson, I suppose, to be the most likely guy to sign with this club. Again, you hope at a reasonable price. But again, yeah, I'm, I'm not expecting necessarily a Kyle Lowry, but I don't know. We, we, we can all dream. I would not be surprised if there is a change at the point guard position though, before all is said and done. So with that, we'll wrap up this mega segment, and we'll come back and hear from Tanae Brown and the rest of you for Fan Interaction.
1: Trayton Turks, I've got a bit to say. Uh, so this year for the Wolves MVP, uh, i got to say it's got to be Cat. Uh, he was awesome for the whole season. Uh, for someone that young to have that much talent, it's truly an exciting time for the Wolves. It's a shame we, we couldn't amass too many more wins than we did last season. But uh, we had a lot of games that came down to uh, like just final seconds, final minutes. The Wolves had just let it slip. Um, We had a lot of games that they're up by 10, 15, 20 and they just let the other team back into it. Um, Hopefully we can work on that. Surely the team's got a plan to lock that out and keep the boys going. But yeah, Kate was awesome in every game. He gave it us all. He gave it his all and yeah, offensively he was the man. Uh, You couldn't really fault him too much on that end. Maybe too many threes at the start of the season but once he knuckled that back and... I don't know, in the post and everything, he's just awesome. Um, that mid-range shot, he's got its hard to guard because he's that tall and he can just, he takes it from that standing, um, he takes it like a standing shot, so you never know Like when he's going to jack it up or not. Um, and yeah, he's got that extra range, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, the thing I'd want to see most of the towns this off-season is him to improve defensively. Um, yeah, he's He's got all the tools there. He just needs to put them in motion, I guess. Um, Tibbs, he'll be all over him for it, though. Biggest uh, disappointment was the bench. It always seems to be the bench whenever I do the uh, set of tools stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's just always that inconsistency that's really harming them. Um, you've got players like Shabazz, Tyus, Belly, Dunn. Like when they play well, they play really well, like you got buzz you can s- score non stop he'll run the lane he'll be down the court he's always at at least class um he can shoot the three he shot it well for part of the season anyway you got an awesome scorer. um done awesome on defense belly he has his moments, but yeah they have those highs and then those lows are just sometimes times worse um Yacht Buzz just giving the ball away. Tyres and Just can't find consistent minutes, so it's hard to get into a good rhythm in your game when that's happening. Uh Belly I don't know, he just seemed to be lost on defence a lot. He just had his hands all over people and just gave away a lot of like cheap fouls it seemed and a lot of turnovers as well. I guess that's what happens when you go from being a star player to a role player. But he needs to learn to adjust to that. He played really well up until his injury for about two weeks, but, yeah, it's still really disappointing that the bench couldn't sort it out. Another season, sort of, gone begging just because the bench couldn't um, give us any sort of consistent play. But, yeah, hopefully we can do something this off-season to, like, solidify the bench, a wee But just a go-to scorer or a playmaker would be awesome. I'd want to see, like, a veteran point guard maybe come into the team. Someone that's passed first, so you got Buzz going to the rim all the time. You got Tice on the perimeter. You got Belly as a secondary option um, in the pick and roll. I mean, play Belly in the pick and roll. He can handle the ball as well. He can do a lot of things. But yeah, that's the main thing I'd want to see happen to the bench. Um, but yeah, biggest disappointment still. And for my biggest surprise, it's got a. Now that it's happened, it's the Butler trade. Um, pretty happy with it overall. Butler's an awesome player. He'll help the team a lot, like, straight away and off the court as well. He's going to be a good uh, locker room guy and he'll help the team out heaps. Um, it sucks to see Levine and Dunn go, but I've got an all-star around the team now. That's something we haven't had since Kevin Love. How long ago is that? Three years, I think. Yeah, this is a two-way all-star, which is a bit different. I'm pretty excited to see him in the uh, Wolves well, uniform. Um... Yeah, I can't wait to see the Wolves play this season. I'm already looking at tickets over to try and get to the home opener at least. I think that would be pretty cool, if we don't, uh, whatever it is. haven't seen the schedule, but yeah, um, that's all i got to say. Sorry for dragging on a bit. Uh, I'm just excited for the season, and let's go Wolves. And always, man, I thank you so much
0: for – calling into the show today. Thank you very much. Today out of New Zealand. Today's takes. Wasn't that great? That was awesome. Uh, so, yep, he talked about Kat being the MVP. Yep, again, no surprise the bench, your biggest disappointment, you know, that's not bad. That's probably my replacement one because I was saying uh, Thibodeau and Leighton. Though, in a sense, during the season, I thought Thibodeau and Leighton were disappointing. So, it's a kind of a combination of all the above. The the blown leads. I mean, you had had so many, like, 20-point leads gone, 18-point leads, uh, double-digit point leads in the games. I mean, we we lead the NBA the last four years or so in that category, pardon me, by a very, very wide margin. Now, again, this is the fan interaction segment, uh, but uh, I, I hope all of you loved those takes. That was awesome. It's never too long uh, Tane. Never too long. That was great. It was only about five minutes. That's, <laughs> you, you deserve every second that, that you gave for that. Uh, every second of airtime that you gave for your uh, Tane's takes there. Thank you again very much. Uh, Levi Wilson-Brown, the older brother of Tane, there, out of New Zealand, on Twitter, we go there, only one tweet since the last show. It's been quiet in that sense because I'm not a, it seemed like a Facebook more busy this time around. So it's kind of seesaws and such. At uh, Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion for the Twitter account. Please give that a follow. would be greatly appreciated. He says, looking forward to downloading and listening to this on the plane trip to Australia today. Congrats on the 200 episodes. And yeah, very cool. Thank you very much, Levi. I hope you liked it. Yep, so obvious. Yep. again, not uh, today. And Levi from New Zealand, so he was uh, flying to Australia. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool indeed. At Wolves Explosion. I'm going to give a quick shout-out to Flips Army. Flips Army, thank you again, Trevor Wickerin, for allowing me to post on that show, uh, on that page, the Facebook page. Do look it up. Lots of fun in-game conversation, in-draft, in this, in that conversation, and just post in general. Lots of nice people to talk to on there. You're always going to get some people that aren't as friendly as others, but that's every single Facebook, probably, on the history of the world, except maybe the Timberwolves Explosion-wise. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash wolves ex- uh, Timberwolves Explosion, in this case, for the Facebook page for Timberwolves Explosion. Do give that a like. Do give Flip's Army a like. Thank you very much. Links to both of the Timberwolves Explosion Facebook and Twitter will be in the show description, along with means to get on the show like Tenet did. In this case, he did the audio submission route, because he he, he can't like call in necessarily, uh, so it still counts as a call-in. Um, basically what you do in that case is you use your smart device. There's free audio recorders on every smart device in the history of the planet, basically. Just use that, and then save it. Email it to uh, live at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, and then I'll take it turn it into an mp3, and there you go, put it into the show, slide it right into the show for segment number three and you'll be leading things off, like Sinead did, very cool, even if there's three different ones, you you three will lead off the the, uh, third segment, which Sinead did in this case. Thank you again very much. Uh, The call in line is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877, treated the same way. Uh, Also, there's a call now button on the Facebook page, which does the same thing. It uses Facebook Messenger to connect. So that way you can use Facebook Messenger to connect, regardless if you're from New Zealand, California, Chicago, or, uh, you know, China, whatever it is. So you can use it that way through Facebook Messenger. So now we get to the Facebook page, like mentioned before. Were there any comments on the last episode? Nope. Does likes and shares. Thank you again very much for those of you, Vince, Tene, Levi, and others that have showed uh, that have shared the show. Hank McCoy, Vince Romano, Courtside Podcast. God bless you guys. And yes, I was. They were making fun of me about the off-topic uh, deal where I say oh, some people are off-topic, and I complain about that. It's not your show, and that's a fact. <laughs> and, and if you guys go off-topic, it's only for a few seconds, and it's quite funny actually. So I don't have a huge complaint. It's usually a fun little thing. Just some shows they kind of ramble on and on about nothing forever and that gets all, like personal life stuff. I took my kid to a karate class today. It's like And, you know, I mean hello, and then they go on and on for like another twenty minutes about BS. That's not good. That's just my opinion. Let's just move on. I asked all of you who do you who do you want the Wills to take for number seven? And if you prefer a trade, who would you like the trade to be for? Comments were. Vince Germano says Levine, Deng, and pick seven for Porzingis. Wow, well, that was extremely uh, close. It ended up being Levine Dunn in pick seven for Butler. So, interesting. Interesting how it was similar. Uh, Tanay, also preferring a trade. Vince Germano, again, out of uh, Melbourne, Australia, in the Victoria Providence, over there in Australia. Tanay says, I prefer a trade. There's so much young talent on the team. We need to acquire a vet to mold the right environment for the young guys. The Wolves have a losing culture. We need someone to come in and teach them how to be winners, in my opinion. Fred Mithin, Mithin says, Jonathan Isaac, bench needs, needs a scoring four. Of course, it it feels ludicrous to even talk about the bench when we have a coach who refuses to use it. Aha, uh-huh, great point, Fred. That is a good point. Wow, exactly. He didn't use the bench at all, so that's where the frustration does come in. The bench was disappointing, and then the coach didn't use it, and it's like a seesaw battle. So, um, yep, and that comes back to today with the bench there when he said that was the biggest disappointment of the season. Um, and I asked you all to list the MVP and such. See, I think, yep, Vince Germano and Levi. There we go. Vince and Levi, Vince Germano. I'm surprised Hank didn't. Maybe he can come back and list it at some point later on. Hopefully he's welcome to do so. Hank McCoy, Courtside Podcast, Alpha Dog. Please do post on here. If you could, I'll use it on the next show, okay? Sound good? Sound good? <laughs> Hank McCoy! Okay, Vince Germano says, Team MVP, definitely Carl Anthony Towns, for obvious reasons. Big, biggest disappointment was Chris Dunn. Uh-huh. I haven't lost faith in him. Just thought he'd have a better rookie year than he did. Still think he's going to be a very good player. Honorable mention for biggest disappointment was how the whole Jordan Hill signing worked out. <laughs> yeah, it's like absolutely nothing, right? Biggest surprise. Well, I gotta say, I'm surprised the Wolves didn't perform better than Thibs. Uh, didn't perform better under, under Thibs. Uh, they did seem to be playing a lot better in the final stretch of the season, so here's hoping they get it going next season, and aim for about 40-45 wins, have a great show, mate, and thank you again, and I recommend the Courtside Podcast. what a great show that was, their post-draft show, their pre-draft show, wow, that's, that's fun, and, th- and thank you guys for the shoutouts, I love you so much, and, uh, it's like, love your show, and uh, yeah, no, we don't agree on everything with the Warriors, Hank, but... Well, you hopefully you like that little mini in between segment, the segment 1.5. There's what we could call it. Uh, I might create some. I might create that as a bit, maybe a segment 1.5. I'll throw into certain shows that maybe there's a little bit of extra going on out there, whatever it is. So a segment 1.5. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna create that. I'm gonna invent that unless somebody else already did. Oh well, we'll find out. Levi says Wiggins, Rubio, and Levine all had their moments, but without question, MVP was Cat biggest disappointment was we only got two more wins than last year yeah he says Dunn wasn't great but i saw enough to want to give him more time rush was also disappointing in the starting role not that i expected too much and yeah like you know he was good when he started like spot started here and there for levine and then when he was given the starting role it's like he was just it's like instant death like what the hell man you you'd think he would have taken it and rolled with it a little bit and kept things going in a positive direction Nope, I do not want uh, Brandon Rush back. Number three, biggest surprise, or most surprise that Thibbs is, basically, he made no moves throughout the season, except when Levine and Belly were injured. Exactly, see? Yep, see, so I guess I could be... (laughs) Okay, vilified a little bit for what I said in the first segment there. (laughs) Yep, it's true, though. Yep, see, most of yeah, see, these are all before the draft. Of course, today's was not before the draft. It was after the draft. That's why I lifted Butler as a surprise, being a, you know, acquiring him. Um, I was talking about how Levar Ball is hardly a trendsetter. I posted that up there. No comments, just shares, and that's about it. Yeah, but the oh, the yeah, the writer was uh, David Kahn though. How he was talking about how Steph Curry didn't want to come here, so he avoided him. He was also saying how his dad was kind of a, a bad influence in terms of how he told. David Kahn, that Steph Curry wasn't going to come here. Later on, it turns out, when asked, Steph Curry said, yeah, I would have played here in Minnesota. Sure, I mean, wherever you drafted me, I just wanted to be in the NBA. And that's the end of the story. So, David Kahn should have been a little tougher. Shouldn't have used that as an influence. Unfortunately, he did. And, of course, the scouts. The scouts said Johnny Flynn is the number one guy on our board. So, that's where we went. We went with uh, Johnny Flynn. The scouts' fault. It's the scouts' fault. Remember? You have to remember that. Now, are we better? Show of hands. Okay, I guess not. No. <laughs> yeah, that's an old one. Holy moly, the Nikola Pekovic conversation goes on forever. I'm just going to cut that down a bit, probably briefly. Yeah, oh, because, <laughs> because Sebastian went a little crazy. Vince Mano says, uh, so of course, Nikola Pekovic bought out and all that. He's been waived. Uh, Vince Germano says, feel sorry for Peck, one of my favorite big men. Just your meat and potato center. That was very, very good. Sorry to see it end like this. Kalen Wood says, About time we just couldn't return to his prior heights when playing alongside or in place of love with Cat and co. In Towns need to make room. Yep, exactly. Uh, Tonight says, I really liked Peck. He was a machine when it was him and love. And like you said, the combination of him and Cat looked to work really well offensively. I hope he doesn't have any complications with his personal life due to the injuries. And I hope not. Um... Yep, and then I told him to remember the MVP and then Sebastian says being a a fan favorite doesn't get us wins and that kind of generated a little back and forth conversation. I didn't disagree with him in a sense but still Pekovic did provide that uh, he would plug the hole and free up Carl Anthony Towns to go crazy which I talked about earlier Um, and then Sebastian made a bold prediction that ended up being correct. Now it's not too surprising the Wolves made a move it's just funny how it happened literally like 12 hours later That was pretty amazing. Sebastian says, watch for Minnesota to spend big in a trade. Watch. And I said, something is going to happen. I feel it. And again, about 12 hours later... Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, Ali says Peck was a, was was good offensively, but a liability on D. Injuries were very unfortunate. Absolutely, uh, he says I do like Gorgie though. Yep, absolutely. So that's the Pekovic conversation. Nikola Pekovich is done. Uh, uh, it, it was kind of it was obviously bound to happen the last two years, but now it is official. Unfortunately for Nikola Pekovich. And then I asked for everyone's thoughts on the whole trade. Jimmy Butler, Larry Markin, and all these guys. David Howe says, well, hope they improve leets and bounds. Uh, otherwise, in a few seasons, we'll be left with Butler on a huge contract. That's always a fear. Kalen Woods says, great move to bring to bring in their pick and to start solidifying the bench. Exactly. So now you've got uh, General Patton there, Justin Patton. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, to, to get the 16th pick along with that, a lot of people believe the Wolves did officially fleece the Chicago Bulls due to that... Uh, due to that uh, addition. Just awesome. Vince Germano says, I gotta say, I like it for both teams. I really like it for both teams. At first, I was like, nope. But then, the more I thought and discussed it, I think right now, Butler is what you need. He's only 27 and knows the system. And he will get on his teammates' arses. And that's the whole thing. You hope that that will exactly... Be the case, Sebastian comes in all willy-dilly again. He says, how can your reaction be? Nope, we sucked ass last year, and without making a move and a big (laughs) one, we would would more likely suck ass again. Levine coming off an ACL and pretty much being a bench player and done being on the bench shows that we uh, needed to do something. Vince says, didn't like the idea of giving up Levine, and yeah. At first, I didn't either, but again, I like it better than giving up Wiggins. And I know a lot of people think Levine's going to be better than Wiggins. I'm not one of you. Just got to say that. Sebastian says getting the 16 pick back ensures this isn't a Walker deal. Is not Herschel Walker with the Vikings. Wow. Well, it's not going to be that bad. He says, but well, with that being said, Jimmy had no comment when asked about going to Minnesota. Doesn't sound so positive. Well, he was kind of pissed off at the Bulls management for calling him the face of the franchise, and then they just trade him away so quickly before he even turned 30. So that's, that's pretty much what it was. He, he says he wasn't mad, but he was a little irritated, I'd have to say. He said, "I just want to, I'm just going to be a Timberwolves player. I don't want to hear this face of the franchise stuff." And I agree. I agree. Some of that's too much, anyway. Um, heck, we even said that Johnny Flynn was going to be the face of the franchise once upon a time. <laughs> Crickets there. <sighs> Sebastian says, "But it was a move we needed as an organization. We needed, and as an organization needed to make. The whole motto is new look, new feel." type with the logos and jerseys so we needed to do something big because if we didn't, it would be new motto, same tea puppies that no one takes seriously and no one can deny that. This must be said. This type of a pick for us is to get the caliber of a player and exchange once and give up two pretty much bench players could not be done in the NFL couldn't happen, just saying I don't think Levine is a bench player though at the same time he may have ended up coming off the bench at one point in time um, he was a starter for a while there, and yeah, it's going to be interesting. Though he says, "Bleep, we are even remodeling the Target Center." Granted, from my seats at Target Field, it looks like ass. I'm sure it will look great. Well, it's because it's getting rebuilt right now. That's why. So to get some of uh, some of the remodel costs back, we need uh, we need asses in seats all year, not when big teams show up to beat us. <laughs> yep, exactly. And we need to make the playoffs. Something we haven't done since '04. Ali Siddiqui says, New Jersey's too excited for the new era altogether. These past 13 years have been rough, but great to see things getting better. Hopefully everyone stays healthy now. Would love to get Todd, uh, Todd Gibson, too. Yeah, absolutely, Ali. It's funny, this sounds like I'm recording Probal Mafia here. Sebastian and Ali, welcome aboard, guys, and I appreciate it very much. Ali says, great move. I love Levine, but love the move more. Levi wraps up this section, says, I'll miss Zach a lot, and I like Dunn but thought it was a great deal for us. This should hopefully ensure at least a playoff spot next year. Yes, uh, if they they don't make the playoffs, it could mean, God forbid, somebody got hurt, or, yeah, it would be a horrible disappointment if they didn't. And, yeah, I posted the article about being the face of the Bulls means nothing, and, yes, absolutely. That was from the Chicago Sun-Times. Vince Germano comments saying, the first game against the Bulls is going to be a ripper, and it will be fun. It was already fun. You often saw Wiggins play pretty well against them, which is very interesting. Again, Wiggins and Butler, now they're going to be together. They're together again. So, uh, just one more post here. Ali Siddiqui, thank you very much. Close dunking with Wolves says, uh, the Minnesota draft experts react on Twitter, the NBA Twitter's most active fan base. Uh, find out what they had to say about the Wolves draft. Yeah, there was just gushing positivity that the Wolves fleeced the Chicago Bulls, and that was pretty much the theme. You didn't hear one... Draft expert or draft person called the wolves uh say that the wolves lost this trade in fact, a lot of them actually put wolves a plus bulls f. I don't know if it's an f, but yeah i I don't know if the bulls should get an f I think that's a little too harsh, but we'll see. um yes, the wolves are ahead right now, <laughs> but Zach Levine still has a chance to improve, and so does Chris Dunn again. Zach was hurt, and then now when he comes back, he might end up being damn good and Chris Dunn still has a right to be something in this league, so we'll just have to wait and see before we can call them an F. Maybe for the moment. For, for, For one year it's an F, and then as time goes on, we'll see. Things may kind of catch up a little bit. Don't be too surprised if they do. I hope and pray that the Wolves end up ultimately winning the trade, though, at the end of the day. Maybe Levine is more of a spark plug, kind of a, you know, athletic star kind of spark plug type of guy who will score a lot of points, but certainly not a franchise type of guy, and Butler will go on to that valuable piece we've needed. It'll help carry this franchise to heights that we've never seen before. Wouldn't that be awesome? Help carry, though, because you still have Towns and Wiggins which will again be the other cogs in this mix. I don't see Butler as the franchise player. I think Towns is, but at the same time, this will continue to develop and then Wiggins and Butler can kind of do the little seesaw where Butler's up in the Higher, higher threshold now, eventually Wiggins will take some of that pressure away from Butler as he continues to improve and Butler ages. So there it is. That's the hope as we head into the season. It's going to be a lot of fun. This time I didn't gush and gush and gush about LeBron James. And I didn't bitch and bitch and bitch about Curry. So I hope you enjoyed it a little bit better than last year. I apologize. I talked too much about the finals last season a whole freaking year ago. I'm still talking about it. That's funny. Um, I gave you a little tiny mini segment, a segment 1.5. And I hope you enjoyed that as well. Got my points, got my thoughts. It's been a long show, about an hour 45, almost, before we completely wrap things up. I already told you how to get a hold of the show, how to get on board. So that about wraps it up. I want to thank all of you very much. Very excited about the uh, future of the Wolves. Hopefully the future of this show as well. As the numbers hopefully posit- Hopefully, will head in the positive direction again. As they tend to ebb and flow during the course of the season. And of course, you know, just the month of April is always the worst ever. It sucks. And even May sometimes. But as we head into June, July, the numbers tend to bounce back up. Because people get excited, start looking forward to the next season. Please tell your friends about the show if you could. And again, forgive me for the first segment. But again... The whole point was to review the previous season, not to talk about Jimmy Butler because it hadn't happened yet at that stage. So that was the whole point. I wasn't expecting a huge trade to happen at the draft. I thought maybe July 1st or something, and we talk about that in the free agency show. Yeah, you know, free agent review, free agent current, whatever, free agent review, preview type of show that's coming up in a couple weeks where we'll talk more about free agency. It'll be all about free agency at this stage. This one is more review, draft, and previewing free agency, and again, hearing from you out there as well. Thanks again. God bless all of you. We will talk to you very soon. In about two, two three weeks or so, we'll have a free agency show. Until then, take care. Stay warm. Stay cool. Whatever it is, stay cool. Those of you here in the, in the United States, stay warm. Those of you in Australia and New Zealand, where it's a little bit cooler because it's the opposite side of the earth. So <laughs> talk to you soon and God bless.